many other places we could go. John chapter 5 is where we're going to start. And uh, we're just going to go back to our series that we've been working on is how to witness and uh, how to tell others about Jesus. And the last time we were together, we dealt with the word conviction. The word, uh, the biblical word is actually repentance. Uh, godly sorrow works repentance to salvation. And uh, one of the problems that we have today is a salvation is preached that is not attached to repentance. It's just a, a simple uh, uh, acknowledgement that Jesus is God. I'll tell you what, you cannot believe that Jesus is the Son of God and not change the way you live. It's just not possible. And uh, one of the hardest things to do in, in the ministry, I mean, people come walking in the door and they'll say, oh, yes, I was a Christian. You know what? I, I want to believe them. I really do. I don't want to believe that some any person is unsaved. But you know what? A lot of people just know about Jesus and they're not saved. Uh you know, in past, people said, Pastor, why, why do you have to make it so difficult? Well, you know, I want people who are unsaved to be miserable. I want them to be uncomfortable. I want them to be uncomfortable enough that they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't want, and it's going to happen, we cannot stop it, but I don't want it to be by accident uh, a person to come and sit in the pews of this church and miss heaven. Uh, the Bible tells us it's going to happen. It says many are going to be on that wide, that, that, that broad way that leads unto destruction. And, uh, but yet we, we don't want to, uh, we don't want that to happen by accident. I've heard so many people, yeah, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit dragged me kicking and screaming into the ministry. I'll tell you what, God doesn't drag you kicking and screaming anywhere. Except at the great white throne judgment. There you'll be bound hand and foot and cast into the lake of fire. Uh, that, that's the only place God is going to drag you kicking and screaming. And uh, the simple truth of the matter is you have to choose. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the thing that makes that happen is a word called conviction or repentance. And tonight, I'd like to preach about belief. And good night. Uh, uh, I could preach until next Sunday without stopping. Uh, there are so many passages in the Bible. And uh, we're, we're not going to attempt that. But uh, I want you to just start in uh, John chapter 5, verse 42. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees here, the, the, the scribes, the religious leaders of his day. And verse 42, he says, But I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. Now, Jesus made that statement. Don't you think hearing that statement from the Lord Jesus Christ would arrest you 
would arrest your attention, would make you stop. And think about it. I've been accused of not having the love of Christ. Uh, the last time I remember that was a, uh, a uh, uh, how shall we say, career alcoholic. Uh, someone living on the street stopped by the church and wanted us to give him money so he could go buy more alcohol. And uh, when I told him that we don't give money, that we would give some food maybe or something like that, he got rather belligerent and began cursing and swearing and saying, how can you say you have the love of God in you when you say drinking is a sin? I'm sitting here going, uh, oh, now, now, now wait a minute, did I just hear the question right? You see, that doesn't bother me, that question there, that statement, how can you have the love of God if you don't believe drinking is a sin because it's in direct contradiction to this book called the Bible. doesn't worry me one bit. In fact, I, I did tell him much to his dismay, I have the love of God because I'm offering you a way to stop your drinking. I'm not going to help you drink more. That only made him a little more upset. But when Jesus Christ looked at these men and said, I know you. You don't have the love of God in you. Don't you think that kind of made him at least stop and think? Because everything Jesus did was good, was it not? And so let's read the rest of this here. He said, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come... In his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Now, as we talk about belief, as we talk about witnessing to people, you've got to understand something. People believe in all kinds of things. Uh, God put in the heart of man to believe in, fill in the blank. There is not a man living that doesn't believe in something. You know what a lot of people believe in? They believe in themselves. I like what one preacher said. You're not believing in much. He said, you trip and fall on the sidewalk and knock a hole in that thing and all the sap runs out and you're dead. He said, what are you believing in? I remember one time street preaching years ago, a guy waved a dollar and said, this is my God. I said, at least you're being honest. I said, but do you have a minute, sir? He turned around. I said, does October 29th, 1929 mean anything to you? And he gave me the same stare I'm getting right now. What in the world is October 29th? How many people know what October 29th, 1929 was? I said, sir, that's the day your God died. That was the 
day the stock market crashed, people were jumping out of the windows on Wall Street because they had lost everything. I said, your God died that day and you still believe in him? But people will believe in anything. Now, what did Jesus say about this? He said, number one, I know that you don't have the love of God in you. Number two, you don't believe Moses. Because if you believe Moses, you believe me. You know, if someone looks at you and says, I just can't swallow this creation thing. We've been over this before. You can't go any further. Because until you're willing to understand that he is the creator, he will never be your savior. There's no reason for him to be your savior. Because he's not God. God is the creator. I've met people that said, I've never done anything wrong. I said, well, you just did. You told a lie. (laughs) Well, who do you think I am? I said, the Bible says, for all have sinned. Now, either the Bible's wrong and you're right, or you're right and the Bible's wrong. And if I'm voting, if I get to choose, I'm choosing the Bible. You see, there's a lot of belief out there. We've been over this many times, but the communist believes more in the goodness of man than the Christian does. In order for socialism to work, man has to be perfectly good. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it never has worked, and it never will work. Somebody said, is God a socialist or a capitalist? He's neither. He's God. But when he wants to motivate us, he says, hey, here's the reward if you will believe in me. Because God wants us to understand some things. It's not just some passive thing. And as much as you would like to think that you are so good and wonderful that you would work 100% and give all your salary away to someone... Uh, you're not only lying to yourself. The, the simple truth of the matter is, you've got to believe what the Bible says. If you won't believe the Bible is the Word of God, if you won't believe Moses, if you won't believe the Ten Commandments are right and you are wrong, if you won't believe that God is the Creator, I've had people say, well, you know, The Bible is unjust because God said, go in and kill them all. Well, what kind of God is that? I said, well, it's the same God that sent his son to die on the cross to pay the price for your sins. I said, if I have to trust your reasoning or trust what the Bible says about God, I said, you lose. I'm going to trust God. You see, there's a corrupt belief system out there. And you will find, let's just turn over a few pages, that most people who say they believe in God do not believe in the God of the Bible. Let's look at verse 24 of John chapter 8. 
This is Jesus speaking. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Now, could you imagine hearing these words? Jesus said, listen, if you don't believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins. I mean, how could you get any more plain than that? And many people said, yes, I believe. But those that were talking to Jesus, those that were having part of the conversation, had already made up their mind that Jesus was not God. In John chapter 11, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave after he'd been there for four days. And what response do we have? In verse 46, it says, And some went their way to the Pharisees. And they had a big meeting. And it says from that point forward, they began to plan how Jesus would die by their hand. They were the ones that were going to do it. Let me explain that to you. They knew who Jesus claimed to be, and they chose to be those that occasioned his death. That's a terrifying thought. There are people who know who Jesus is and yet refuse to believe. You know what? You can't talk to them anymore about the gospel. You can't go any further. I remember... Uh, I've told the story of karma many times over the years. Buddhist monk came, uh, had a period of six months. He sat in maybe two church services, and then he would just call me up and say, can I come over and talk with you? I I said, you know, I said, it's not going to do much good, you and I talking. I said, you need to come to the services. But he had already had that figured out. That conviction thing that was happening in the service just wasn't for karma. He was not going to believe what the Bible said. And before it was all over, I said, can you tell me what the Bible teaches about salvation? And I'll tell you, he explained it back to me as clear and as simple as the Bible teaches. He understood. I said, why won't you get saved? He says, well, I believe my understanding of what the Bible teaches is going to help me be a better Buddhist. And I said, no. I said, it won't. I said, the Bible's asking you to cease your belief in Buddha and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And after a couple of conversations like that, I said, you know, 
Karma, I said, I really have nothing else I can deal with you about and nothing else I can teach you. Uh, the Bible is not a book to just put knowledge into your head. It's a book that determines behavior. And if you're not going to follow the behavior, then you don't believe what's in the book. And I'm not going to help you in your unbelief. You see, Acts chapter 19, and this is one of the passages of Scripture people like to argue about, and I hope I could make it as simple as it ought to be. Acts chapter 19, let's turn there quickly. And uh, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, uh, what then were ye baptized? Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hand on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues, and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. Now, people read this and they tried to do all kinds of things, but very simply, these men were not saved. You said, but, but they believed and they were baptized unto John's baptism. Yeah. But Jesus had already died on the cross, was buried and rose again and went into heaven. They didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were still waiting for the coming Messiah, but Jesus had already come. You see, the first kind of belief we talked about was a corrupt belief that will not lead you to salvation. This is an incomplete belief. They did not have all the facts. As soon as Paul said, listen, John preached about him that should come. His name is Christ Jesus. And they're going, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, this guy has come? Well, then we're going to believe on Jesus. And then they were baptized in Jesus' name. And the Bible records the evidence of their salvation so that we can understand. It's not enough to assent to a coming Messiah. You have to put personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. That's why this passage is in here, is to help us understand, because there are always those out there, but, but I believe in, in God. Well, His name is Jesus. Well, I'm not sure about that. Well, you're not saved. That's all there is to it. But you don't understand what I feel. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude tonight, but I don't care what you feel. You can feel good. On your way to the pits of hell. Let me tell you something. You must believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Otherwise, there is no salvation. An incomplete belief is unbelief. But why did God put these men in here the way he did? Because he's shown us something. That when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, even if it's incomplete, 
He'll bring you to the point where you could make it complete. God doesn't believe in halfway faith. If you are willing to come to him, he will make a way for you to come. Are we together on that? And then the last one, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. And this is another verse that a lot of people stumble at when it comes to belief. And uh, it's people think you can lose your salvation and all of this. The last verse of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 tells us, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, I want you to look at the words here. He says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you go back anywhere you haven't been? Uh, No, the wording there demands that these people were in perdition. And apparently they tried to leave to a point. This is where Jesus is talking about strive to enter in at the straight gate. He says many are going to try. They're not going to be able to make it. There are going to be people who want to leave this thing, but they're not going to make it. He says, but we're not of that number. And so we need to understand that this whole idea about belief is there can be a corrupt belief. There can be an incomplete belief as the men in Acts chapter 19. There there can be a belief that does not take you all the way to salvation. How do you know that? Well, God did not make you the judge of other people's salvation. But when someone turns their back on the Word of God and the truth that's in this book, then they never believed in the first place. You see, there's mankind believes. There's not a human being that doesn't believe in something. Why do you think they make so much money with these comic book movies that are out there? People believe in things. They'll believe in themselves. I I still don't get it. Why would you believe government could help you with anything? You're on the wrong side of history. You're on the wrong side of logic. You're on the wrong side of common sense. You're on the wrong side of everything. And yet, people still believe. How in the world could you believe that you came from a monkey? Or an amoeba? How much difference is there between an amoeba and a human being? How much difference is there between a monkey and a human being? I mean, we know there are some human beings that are just trying to cross the void there, but uh, they don't make it 
honestly and truly. I mean, when a monkey does something bad, they don't feel bad about it. They may pretend they do. Uh, some of you may remember that horrible story. The lady had a chimpanzee and one of her friends was over visiting and the chimpanzee actually defaced the woman. It was years before surgery actually put on a new face and it's still a terrible thing to or, uh, ordeal that she went through and is still going through. But you know what? That, that chimpanzee that did all of that harm to that woman didn't feel any worse than he did when he got fed his bananas and whatever it was after it was all done. Because he's an animal, that's why. We need to understand that there is something different about us and that our belief needs to be in the Creator. But that doesn't mean that when you're witnessing to somebody, you just write them off because they don't believe the first time they heard it. How many of you needed to hear the gospel more than once to be saved? How many of you needed someone to deal with you carefully and thoroughly about things? And this is the job of the pastor. This is the job of the believer is to be careful. And one of the greatest examples here is Mark chapter 9. Uh, let's just turn there for a minute. And again, we're just giving examples here tonight. And this is the man with the uh, demoniac son. He, he had, uh, Jesus was with the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes down and the whole crowd is, uh, comes running over to them and the scribes and the Pharisees are questioning with the disciples and they're all trying to figure this thing out. And, the story is, in verse 19, He answereth him and say, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, the demon-possessed boy, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child, and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Could I challenge you to think about this? There are people out there with injured belief. How long had this father been dealing with this problem? It says a long time, ever since he was a little child. Now, had this little child possibly done something to deserve this kind of thing? Well, the Bible's pretty clear in the next thing that we're going on. God isn't just sitting up there trying to destroy one life and make another one live. But nobody could help him. Do you think he had tried to get help? Oh, you better believe he did. And finally he heard about Jesus and he came to Jesus and Jesus was gone, but the disciples were there. And they were putting their 
thumbs in their proverbial suspender straps. And, you know, Jesus gave us the authority to heal and cast out demons. We should be able to take care of this. Uh, this is a little thing for God. And they couldn't get anything done. Now, it's interesting what Jesus does when he deals with this person of injured faith. He doesn't say, listen, those scribes and those Pharisees over there, they're full of false belief and corrupt faith, and they don't, you can't get uh, anything true out of those people. That, was, would Jesus be justified? I mean, he said a lot worse than that, did he not? But he didn't say it here. Because he wanted to bring this man back to the point where he needed to be. See, there's only one way you get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, all things are possible to him that believes. And I love this man's prayer. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. If you want a good testimony about soul winning, right there it is. Amen? I mean, we could go through the lives of people who are sitting right here. How many could say, Pastor, I tried more than one religion before I found Open Door Bible Baptist Church. I tried this and I tried that and I thought I was doing good over here and I tried to clean myself up. I tried a lot of things before I got saved. You know what? That's not an uncommon story. But you got to get past the church. You got to get past the religion thing. You got to get past the works thing. You got to get past all these so that your faith can be only in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If those disciples had been able to deal with this thing, where would that Father's allegiance be? To Jesus' disciples. And the inference here is, as they asked Jesus after this whole thing was over, uh, they said, why couldn't we deal with this thing? And Jesus said, only by fasting and prayer, if we understand the passage correctly, the reason they couldn't deal with the situation is because if they had, the attention of this Father and His worship would have been directed to the disciples and not to Jesus Christ. They needed some work done in their life before they could deal with the situation in such a way that only Jesus would get the credit for it. Are we together on that? And that's why people don't get saved. Is We've got to help people with an injured belief. I've had people say, well, I tried that stuff before. It doesn't work. I said, well, you haven't tried the Bible before. Oh, yes, I have. That's all they talked about. I said, there's something wrong here. The Bible always works. And before the end of the conversation, well, you know that preacher. Oh, okay, well, let's get him out of the way. It's got to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you don't understand what that person at that church did and said to me. Well, wait a minute. We've got to get them out of the way. You see, that injured faith is a very hard thing to deal with, but your faith is still touching that person 
or that preacher or that other thing or that work or that circumstance, we we got to take out the sword of the Spirit and do a little surgery here to separate you from those things because your belief, if it's going to be saving belief, it's going to be believing on the Lord Jesus Christ like the Bible says, you got to be cut loose from all of those things. So that you can believe only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And let's go one more and we'll try to finish quickly here. John chapter 9. And I would challenge you, there's no way we can touch on all of the things, but it's just a simple belief that saves. This is the story of the blind man. He was born blind. His disciples said, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born in such a state? What a stupid question. How in the world can an unborn person do something to bring God's judgment upon themselves? I mean, that, that's nonsense, but it just shows you how the disciples were tainted by all of the craziness that was going on in society around them. You see, they believed that everything had to have a reason, and if it was anything bad, somebody had to do something bad. How many of you understand that bad things happen to good people for no other reason than God is God, and you have to trust Him? That's what the book of Job is all about. Let God be God. I'd rather trust God than I would my understanding of things I see and experience. As horrible as they may be, I'd still rather trust God. You say, that's blind faith. Uh, No, it's not. When my faith is in God and in His Word, there's nothing blind about it. Actually, I see things much more clearly than those who refuse. Here we have this man... And he's being questioned by the scribes and the Pharisees and they're trying to twist his words and they're, they're angry at him because he, he, um, uh, was healed and, and he is giving credit to, to, uh, uh, Jesus and, and he washed on the Sabbath day and according to the Pharisees and their traditions, Jesus had broken the Sabbath by spitting in the dirt and making clay. He had broken the Sabbath again by smearing it on the man's face. And worst of all, he had caused this man to break the Sabbath by going and washing in the pool Siloam. And then he healed on the Sabbath. I mean, Jesus just shattered the sanctity of the Sabbath day. Idiot. The law said, if your oxen fell in a hole, you were allowed to dig them out of the hole on the Sabbath day so that they didn't die. If God said you could have compassion on a dumb ox, why couldn't God have compassion on a blind man? You see, their corrupt belief had already refused Jesus and therefore it condemned Him for doing good. And the blind man just looked at them and he said, I don't know all the things that you're talking about, but I do know this. 
I was blind, but now I see. A simple faith. And they said, how did he do it? How did this? He said, will you be his disciples? They said, well, you're his disciple. We're Moses' disciples. Liars. If they were truly Moses' disciples, they would understand the compassion that Jesus had was in the keeping of the Sabbath. But they couldn't because they had already refused. And he says, if this man were of God, were not of God. Now, let me read it right. I'm not quoting it right. Let's go down to verse uh, 32 um, of chapter, chapter 9. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And they cast him out of the synagogue. Do you know that never again would this man be able to show up at the temple in Jerusalem and offer a sacrifice? He had been excommunicated from Israel. Never again would he be permitted to come into a synagogue if he came into a synagogue and somebody recognized him, uh, and by the way, they didn't have the little wanted posters printed all up in those days like they do today. Uh, you can't get his amber alerts with pictures on it and all that kind of stuff. But the simple truth of the matter was, word got around, he would never be welcome in another synagogue again in his lifetime. And he meets Jesus, and Jesus said, do you believe on the Son of God? And he says, who is he? Jesus said, I am he. And what's he do? He falls down and worships him. You know what? That's a simple belief. He had to give up his religion to believe in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're looking for. Don't be... Afraid when you're witnessing to give testimony of what true, honest belief is. You know what? You can talk many a person into praying a prayer. But when God is working in a person's heart, you can't stop them from getting saved. Does that make sense? When a person wants to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's how we know the difference between picking the fruit early and when God is actually working. It, it takes some discernment. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of getting me out of the way. I'll tell you, there are those that believe, but they never make it. They go back where they came from. You know what? The Bible's very clear. They did not believe to the saving of the soul. Should we keep witnessing to them? You better believe we should. There are those that have an incomplete faith. They, they just don't believe. Sometimes they believe that uh, what the priest told them or what the, the preacher told them. I remember uh, years ago we had somebody come forward. She said, oh, no, I'm saved. I went forward and they prayed for me and they told me I'm saved. So I'm saved. Wow. I said, are you going to just trust in what somebody told you? And unfortunately, her answer was yes. I said, that's not 
Bible faith. It's got to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we deal with many people that are injured. They've been hurt. They think they've tried what the Bible says, and it didn't work. But we cannot deviate from the truth that is in this book. We've got to bring them back. You've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. A simple faith. The blind man always said, Who is he, Lord? Jesus said, He was on his face. We need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and Lord, we ask that you would work in each of our hearts and lives here tonight. And Lord, that you would encourage us in that simple belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, if there be one here today that is not sure about their salvation. Lord, that even today would be the day of simply believing in the Savior and being saved. Lord, we ask that you would work in our midst, that you would help us in our belief, that we would not allow it to be complicated with all the things that man wants to interject. But we would keep our faith simple and childlike. Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunities to share that simple belief with people we work with, with family members. And Lord, most of all, that we would be bold to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. And before.